this is the point when I need everybody to get to the dance floors like that, y'all. That 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 y'all. Okay, Mariah Carey, a.k.a. the Emancipation of Mimi, celebrates his 15th anniversary. That, of course, is the incredible song uh, featuring Fat Man Scoop and Jermaine Dupree. It's like that by the iconic one and only Mariah Carey. Um, and we are celebrating, like I said before, the 15th anniversary of that iconic album. Um, I have such a sentimental connection to that album because I was a freshman, I believe, 2006, 2007. Oh, no, I was a sophomore uh, in high school when I came out. Um, oh, and I just love Mariah Carey. I was a sophomore or a junior. I can't – one of the two. Um, I get all my years mixed up because I'm just so old. I'm 30. Uh, but I remember that those songs have such a, a sentimental connection to my friends and um, you know all the incredible experiences I had in high school. Um, the song We Belong Together, It's Like That, Shake It Off, Mine Again, Say Something, uh, Stay the Night, uh, One and Only, Circles, I Wish I Knew You, To the Floor, Joyride, Fly Like a Ride, etc., don't forget about us. I love that song. Um, actually, though, of course, chief among all songs, "Hero" and then uh, "All I Want for Christmas Is You," are you know two of the most iconic, um, notorious Mariah songs. But I love this album, and it's so good. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna pay homage to it with a little article from E to start us off with our first story of the week. You guys, um, first of all, happy happy Monday! It is Monday the thirteenth of April. Believe it or not, we are almost in May. Uh, so we're pretty much um, day one into the month, extended month of self-quarantining here in Los Angeles, at least. Um, but I hope everybody had a really great Easter, uh, whether you were with family or not. I was not with my family, but I did Zoom with everybody, which was so cool. It was my first official Zoom call, because usually I've just been FaceTiming one, which I really like. Um, and it sort of does a trick, but I Zoomed with my entire extended family on the East Coast, and that was so nice. And then I spent an extra two hours talking to my two cousins, who I'm just really close with. Um, it was really special, and it was great, and... Uh, it was just a sort of very cathartic, like a therapy session, and we just talked about everything we're going through and you know, what we're doing, and we gave each other different shows and movies to watch, and it was just a really, a really great uh, Sunday for me, a really great Easter. Um, and I got to FaceTime my, my mom, my niece, my nephew, my dad, um, brother-in-law, who are all at home, who I, of course, miss dearly, but I, I can't go because I don't want to bring any germs home. Um, but uh, yeah, I hope everybody had a really special Easter and, uh, you know, everybody's uh, coping. We're all going through this crazy, crazy time together. But um, so lots of movies, lots of TV, a little bit of work over the weekend and lots of coffee. So thank you, Starbucks drive throughs for being open. And thank you, Dunkin' Donuts, because you are really getting me through the, uh, the quarantine, uh, the great quarantine of 2020. Um, so aside from that, that's pretty much uh, all I got for my uh, weekend recap. But anyways, okay, so let's uh, hop right into it. Uh, first story from E! News, Mariah Carey blesses us on Easter with, the virtual, with virtual performances 
of her emancipation of Mimi Singles. Um, Mariah Carey is not only celebrating Easter Sunday this weekend, but she's also celebrating the 15th anniversary of one of her most iconic albums, The Emancipation of Mimi, the legendary songstress. Took to Twitter to wish her 2005 studio album a happy anniversary. Oh, okay, so it was 2005. So that means I would have been a... That would have been spring of freshman year into fall of sophomore year. But I'm going to say, I think it was the spring of freshman year. No. I think it was the... It was definitely the fall of sophomore year because I would there was a history class with I believe my history I forgot what my history teacher's name was, but I sat with my two dear friends, Kaylee and Juliet, and there was this one kid in my class, I don't want to name any names here because I don't want to, you know, put any stuff out there, but I, I very vividly remember there was like a love triangle with my with him and my friend Kaylee and another person in the class who was oh, it's I have such sentimental such sentimental value to it. Um Oh, I love it. Okay, anyways, um, the legendary song... Back to the article, sorry. Uh, the legendary songstress, songstress took to Twitter to wish her 2005 studio album um, happy anniversary. Quote, I have a couple of fun surprises for you today, but first, while I'm on Easter Bunny duty, let's settle this. What's your favorite Mimi single? Uh, hashtag T-O-M-A, the Emancipation of Mimi Anniversary. On her Twitter poll, she gave fans the option to choose from It's Like That, We Belong Together, Shake It Off, and Don't Forget About Us. I love Don't Forget About Us. Um, dressed in a silk robe in true Mimi fashion, the 50-year-old singer also shared another video of her singing a snippet of the album's closing track, Fly Like a Bird, adding that the song, quote, couldn't be more appropriate for this Easter Sunday. Happy Easter, everyone. On Instagram, she shared some snippets of herself showing off her legendary vocals and added, quote, hope you all enjoy these little moments from the album, hashtag Teo, anniversary, um... Ahead of the album's 15th anniversary, the Grammy winner spoke to Billboard on why the Emancipation of Mimi was just more than a comeback album. Quote, for me, it was like coming, it was like the coming together of a lot of things that album, I'm sorry, for me, it was like a coming together of a lot of things that album more than a comeback album. Sorry. I'm going to reread that. For me, it was like a coming together of a lot of things with that album more than a comeback album. Carrie told the publication, and then to continue, uh, she says, but they can call it that if they want to. Uh, the Emancipation of the Emancipation of Mimi sold six million copies in the United States and received ten Grammy nominations across two thousand six, two thousand seven. When asked what the first memory that comes to mind from that peak of her career, Carrie said, "Quote: It's really a moment. Um, it was really a moment, and it did feel special." When I think about all the different songs on the album and the different collaborators, the timing was just right. My most sacred memory from that time would be recording the vocals for Fly Like a Bird in Capri. I recorded a lot, lot of other tracks there, too, but I just remember finishing that song and feeling like there was something so special about it. I work at night, especially when I'm singing, so I was watching the sunrise while listening back to the song, and I was just like, I'm so proud of this song. Love Mariah Carey. She's just iconic and everything. Um... Her favorite tracks off the Emancipation of Mimi album, Carrie said, It's hard to pick, but she would probably go with Fly Like a Bird and Your Girl. Ultimately, Carrie simply appreciates the album from start to finish and adds that she just had the time, the best time working on it, and really got absorbed in the process. When asked what she believes her album said about her legacy as an artist, Carrie answered, quote, I look at it as a very important time in my career, a very significant time for me as an artist. It was a sense of feeling triumphant when it was as successful as it was, I know a lot of people were introduced to me from that album as well, so I would just love for people to take away the music from that album. Um, I hope it also makes people feel good. That's the goal. Well, Miss Mariah Carey, it made me feel really good, and I already knew who you were, but I mean, like, I feel like I was reintroduced to you, which is why, hence, the, the, the title was so appropriate, The Emancipation of Mimi. Um, it should have been, like, the reincarnation of Mimi, or Mimi's back. Um, but I just love Mariah Carey, and I love that song, Obsessed. I think that was a single, or an EP, uh off of an not off of an album but sort of its own thing but it was like throwing shade to eminem and it was just so great um 
So congratulations, Mariah Carey. I just love you and adore you. And I hope you have just the most successful time ever with the rest of your career. And I bet you she's quarantining in that gorgeous penthouse in New York City that was on Cribs. Do you guys remember her iconic Cribs where she shows off her penthouse, that incredible closet that's literally like the size of a massive store? There's also video footage online. I think she's talking to Vogue about her incredible closet. And she has just like gorgeous Birkin bags and jewels. And it's just like that. If I ever, if I believe in reincarnation, which I do, but I don't. I would want to come back as Mariah Carey because literally I just, I, her wardrobe is just everything more. And to have all those Birkin bags and all those like jewels, can you imagine what it must be like to be Mariah? I also want to be reincarnated as Sarah Jessica Parker because she's so beloved and I love Sex in the City and she's just so humble and she's worth hundreds of millions of dollars according to CelebrityNetworth.com, of course, but you never know. Like how do they know people's um, finances? But like Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick are literally the most humble people ever and they seem like to be really grounded and just have a good head on their shoulders and I feel like their kids are going to turn up being great people. And I just love SJP and she's always and forever going to be, um, well, she's always and forever going to be Carrie Bradshaw, but she's always and forever going to be um, Janie from Girls Just Want to Have Fun, which is literally one of my favorite movies ever with Helen Hunt. It's just very early in their careers. So great. And also, I was like watching, for some odd reason, I love watching Architectural Digest videos of like celebrities' homes. And I got, I came across Matthew, uh, not Matthew, um, Robert Downey Jr.'s home with his wife in the Hamptons. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous house, like a windmill. Um, and obviously he didn't talk about SJP, but it's notorious that Robert Downey Jr. and SJP dated when they were younger. Um, but I just like, and then I was Googling photos of them together and literally Matthew, uh, Matthew, I keep, she's married, she's married Matthew Butterick, but, um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. when he was in his twenties, she's like, I mean, he's still a very good looking man as an older guy, but when he was in his twenties, he was just like smoking. Let me tell you, like, uh, Iron Man. Um, but yeah, I'm just like so successful. I'm so happy that he became so successful given, you know, all of his adversities that he's been, that he's been through and whatnot. Um, He's one of my favorite actors, so he's so good and just seems so, like, humble and talented and kind, just like a real guy, modest, with a really good head on his shoulders and a, you know, philanthropist and someone that, you know, probably advocates for people dealing with substance abuse and obviously he's notoriously, um, you know, gone through his whole thing when he was dating Sarah Jessica Parker. But I just say all that to say, I love Robert Downey Jr. and I love SJP and I will always, always, always ship them, even though, of course, they're both happily married and have children, so whatever. Okay, now, our second story of the day has to do with someone that I love. I'm a big fan of her work, and she's an incredible actress, and that is the one and only Shailene Woodley, who you may know from Big Little Lies, um, or the Divergent series, uh, or The Fault in Our Stars with Ansel Elgort, who I love, by the way. I am so looking forward to seeing him uh, starring in Steven Spielberg's, uh, I guess, up-to-date rendition of West Side Story, which is going to be incredible, because um, he's an incredible actor, so he's a great, great, great new talent. Uh, I, w- I would say up-and-comer, but he's, he's like, already a comer, so congratulations to him. Um, but I personally love Shailene Woodley from um, ABC Family's The Secret Life of the American Teenager. Well, Freeform, but formerly known as ABC Family, and she was so great in that role. Molly Ringwald was her mom in that show, um, and I'm a huge Molly Ringwald fan. So, yeah, I just love Shailene Woodley, but she's in the headlines today. Uh, and this story is also from E! News, and um, it reads as so. So we'll read it and then dissect. Shailene Woodley reveals that she struggled with a, quote, very scary physical situation in her early 20s. Shailene Woodley is opening up about a health scare in her early 20s that got in the way of her career. In a recent interview with the New York Times, The Big Little Lies star told the publication, quote, I haven't spoken much about this yet publicly, and I will one day, but I was, a, I was very, very sick in my early 20s. She revealed she was going through... Uh, this while filming the Divergent series at the same time, quote, struggling with a deeply personal and very scary physical situation. Because of that, she added, quote, I said no to a lot of opportunities because I needed to get better, and these jobs ended up going to peers of mine who I love. They went on to a lot of success, but there was a mix of people saying, quote, you shouldn't have 
let that go or you shouldn't have been sick. I mean, honestly, that is just so terrible that there are people who are in Shailene Woodley's corner that are literally saying you shouldn't have been sick. And that's Hollywood for you. Hollywood is a real messed up pool of people with people who just literally make money off of the backs of talented actors and actresses and singers and producers and, you know, a whole array of different people. Um, but that's another story. Um, the actress added, quote, that was combined with my own internal process of, quote, am I going to survive what I'm going through right now and or even be healthy or even have the opportunity to work on these projects I'm passionate about again because of the situation I'm in. I was in a place where I had no choice but to just surrender and let go of my career and it brought out this negative voice in my head that kept spinning for years and years afterward. Oh my gosh, I wonder what happened. Um, on the topic of her 20s, Woodley also shared that, well, in her late teens, she had a very strong idea of my identity and the meaning of my life. That all felt upended when she went through an abusive relationship. Quote, that combined with, honestly, the commercial success I had in the industry began to wear on my strength. My 20s felt a little bit like being in a washing machine um, when you were being thrown all over the place. She shared as a teenager and as a child, they always thought acting was a hobby and I never wanted the idea of making it into a career to take away from my passion for it. Very wise. She added that in her 20s, there was a huge chunk of time where her fear and anxiety and competition were definitely at the forefront of my mind and my ego in a way that weren't when I was younger. Most recently, Willie S. Peart and the HBO Big Little Lies and Endings beginning which will debut on April 17th on digital in demand May 1st. I came on to say this first. I love Shailene Woodley. She's, she's a real singular talent. You're a real, really cool gal who just has a really unique POV and just seems, like, really grounded and cool. Um, I totally understand it. I mean, obviously, she probably doesn't want to reveal what it is. I'm not even going to speculate to even guess what, you know, was going on in her personal life because am I in her brain? No. Um, although I wish I like, was because I, like, love Shailene Woodley so much. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that sucks that she, had to under, that she had to go through this whole thing and, you know, people were making her feel as though her health wasn't at the forefront of, you know, their priority and making her work and work and work. It's what the, it's what the people, it's what people in the industry call show punny, meaning that you work, 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 work. Like you put aside all your personal problems, all your mental and physical and health problems just to work, 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 work and make money. And that's why so many people probably spiral um, out of control. I don't want to name names, but I know everybody knows like notorious actors and actresses who just spiral because probably the amount of pressure that they're carrying as a young kid into adulthood is insurmountable and just probably nobody knows what it's like to have that kind of pressure because when i was a kid i was a kid i was literally living like a kid would i had fun i had play dates uh i had hobbies and whatnot and i went to school it was a very normal conventional childhood um even though I, I like was not normal i was like a freak um but i sounds to say it was pretty conventional i like got to be a child but so many of these actor ch child actors don't get to be children because like you know you're just carrying the weight of the world on your back to make a couple of hundred million dollars but i mean like People can always counter it and be like, well, you make so much money, you can retire when you're like 22. And that's also true, but it also takes a toll on your mind. So um, I love Shailene Woodley, and uh, I just, I want the best for her. So I'm so looking forward to the longevity of her career. Okay, our final story of the day comes from Page Six. Um, and it's Rob Kardashian and Black China throwing the headlines again, and it's a bit, a bit controversial. Um and that is Rob Kardashian alleges ex-Black China, quote, pointed gun at him during an argument. My gosh, this is horrifying. Um, I'm going to say this. I'm going to sort, of, sort of preface the story by saying I was actually watching some Oprah interviews today on YouTube because I went down the YouTube rabbit hole, which I do. Sometimes I'm, I'm on YouTube and I, like, start at 4 o'clock and the next thing I was, like, 10 p.m. I'm like, shit, I've just spent, like, six hours on YouTube. Um, but anyways, I was watching when Oprah interviewed the Kardashians uh, uh, a couple years ago, uh, maybe six, seven years ago. Um, Bruce was, Caitlin was, was Bruce and, and, you know, she was talking to Chris and, you know, this is all before Black China and everything. And, um, 
it's a great interview. So if you if you just have the time or you know you're a huge Kardashian fan like I am, hop on YouTube and check it out. It's a great interview. Okay, Rob Kardashian alleged ex Black China quote pointed a gun at his head and threatened to kill him, according to new court documents obtained by Us Weekly. Like how is Us Weekly getting their hands on this like personal information? That's crazy. The alleged incident is said to have taken place in late 2016 at Kylie Jenner's Hidden Hills, California residence. The former pair split in December of that year and welcomed their daughter Dream, now three, in November 2016. My gosh, how time has gone by. Kardashian, 33, claimed after China, 31, participated in a photo shoot consuming drugs and alcohol. She, quote, pointed a gun at Rob's head and threatened to kill him as she was FaceTiming. The documents also claim, quote, China came up behind Rob and wrapped an iPhone charger tightly around his neck and started to strangle him using her full strength the same day. Kardashian is said to have retreated to the master bedroom and locked the door where China allegedly broke down and proceeded to use her fists and a metal rod to repeatedly strike, quote, China's erratic conduct under the influence of alcohol and drugs culminated in her physically assaulting and battering Rob and causing significant property damage to Kardashian's attorney is said to have stated in the filing, quote, Corey Gamble, the boyfriend of Kris Jenner's mother, Chris, I'm sorry, Corey Gamble, the boyfriend of Kardashian's mother, Kris Jenner, is said to have gone to the house early in the morning to try and separate the pair. This is crazy that all this drama went up. But Corey Gamble, he seemed like to really have been the MVP of the family as of late. He's so cool. He just seems so fun and fabulous. I love his Instagram. And some guy, too. And Chris needs, like, a very good guy to take care of her because she's like a mogul. Okay. In a statement given to page six on Saturday, China's attorney, Lin Chiani, said, quote, There was no violent attack. Instead, the evidence shows that Rob and China, a very happily engaged couple at the time, had a ridiculous and flirty time together, had a raucous, raucous, and flirty time together on December 14th, 2016, to celebrate the worldwide announcement that season two of their number one rated hit reality TV show, Rob and China, had been greenlit by the E! Network. I thought that there wasn't going to be a season two. She continued, quote, part of that raucous and flirty celebration include, included China ripping her fiance Rob's shirt and playfully stroking her fingernails against his chest. Far from being assault, far from being assault and battery, Rob instead admitted under oath at his deposition that being scratched by a woman is, quote, one of the best things a man could ask for. Rob also admitted that he never feared for his life and actually thought it was funny when China teased him while holding Rob's loaded gun. Two years later, Rob was simply trying to cover up his critical deposition admissions by now lying and claiming that China, quote, pulled a gun on him and that he feared for his life. This, uh, that is just another one of Rob's lies. The statement concluded. Kardashian initially filed a lawsuit against China in 2017. The two are also engrossed in the heated custody battle over Dream. You guys, this is just the only person who loses here a Dream. It doesn't matter what Rob thinks, what China thinks, what actually happened. I mean, it does happen. It does matter, but like... In retrospect, it's all about what little baby Dream is going to go through, and hopefully she doesn't have to to deal with the torment of her mom and dad uh, fighting the, the other she gets, and I guess more aware of everything. Because, you know, they're such a big family, and they, they really, the thing I love about watching, keep the thing I love about the Kardashians and watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians is that they're really family-oriented, they're really caring about one another, and they really put family first. Um, and as glamorous and like glitzy and as fun as it is to see like their incredibly fabulous, luscious, rich lives, uh, what the show's underlying theme is really is about family unit and uh, loyalty um, and just being good to one another. And that's why I personally love keeping up. But yeah, it's very sad. And I hope that they all work it out and it all, you know, pans out to be something great. So, yeah. All right, everybody. Those are my stories for the day. Uh, I just can't believe we're going on to week five now of self-quarantining like week five and the start of the second month we all gotta hang in there we're all in this together everybody's going through it and uh you know other countries are starting to opening up are starting to open up again because people were social distancing and self-isolating and you know it will work everybody's just got to follow the rules and just you know in the words of albus dumbledore to hermione granger you know the laws harry potter and the uh prisoner of azkaban 
Um, all right, everybody, have a great Monday, uh, and uh, I'll be at you tomorrow with some more stories. All right, bye.